Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, September 14th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I am flying solo again today, but don't worry, I have a ton of news that we want to get into and some very interesting things uh, that I think are worth discussing. But before we get into that, don't forget to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon to get all of our news, episodes, interviews, everything there before you can get it anywhere else, including here in the regular feed, if that is in fact where you are listening to us at. Also, of course, don't forget that we did give away an autographed libretto to the Pulitzer Prize and Tony-winning musical A Strange Loop, signed by the creator Michael R. Jackson. Uh, We will hopefully be doing some other giveaways here in the very near future, so if you want to be a part of that, don't forget to sign up to be a Patreon member. Those are only open to Patreon subscribers. You'll get all the information there and be able to enter, and then we will choose a winner and announce it on all of the shows like we did earlier this week. So let's get into the news. And the first bit of news is something that is officially announced now, but something that we have been talking about, you know, both directly and indirectly here on Broadway Radio for a while. And that is that the Broadway revival of The Music Man will end its run at the Winter Garden Theater on January 1st of 2023. This is obviously the revival starring Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster that has been breaking box office records left and right and leading the Broadway grosses pretty much every week since it came to Broadway. We've talked about the fact that the Winter Garden Theater is the rumored home for uh, the Back to the Future musical. In fact, this past weekend on this week on Broadway, Peter Felicia, after having seen the show in London, and he did give a full review of it in that episode. So if you didn't hear that, go back and listen to what he had to say about the show. Um, He did say that he had heard that it was going to be going into the Winter Garden Theater, something that um, I had heard and Grace and Ashley have all heard. Uh, So it is not a surprise that this this announcement is coming here. I would expect that we'll get a Back to the Future announcement in fairly short order so that they can start selling tickets for the show. Um, We already know that they are planning to come to Broadway. We've talked in the past about how Roger Bart is likely to be the only principal actor to come over with the show from London due to different equity and visa rules. Um, But of course, he's an American actor, so he's able to work on Broadway without any limitations. Um, So I would imagine that they will want to start selling tickets as, you know, fairly soon um, so that they can have a healthy advance when they start performances at some point in February, March, maybe even April, I suppose. But that is a show that has had great reviews in London, a ton of fun. People, even friends of mine who have gone over and seen it from here in the States have talked about how much fun it is. Um, I'm still a little hesitant, and I talked about it with Peter this weekend about how London musicals, the ones that are really popular over there, tend to be a little kitschier, a little, you know, for lack of a better term, campier than what tends to go over super well on Broadway. That doesn't mean it can't work in both places, um, but it'll be interesting to see. I'm going to reserve judgment on this uh, until I see it, but everyone I know who's seen it has at least been entertained. Some of them have loved it, have loved it, but I haven't seen anybody who didn't enjoy it quite a bit. Uh, and also the fact that like they've added so much tap dancing into this show for Harold Hill and Marion Peru that it would be pretty hard to replace Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster in those roles and to get people to do the things that they are doing and still have the star power to do it. So it makes sense that after nine month contracts that the two big stars that they built the show around would be exiting, wouldn't be extending, and they would need to be, um, you know, it'd make more sense to kind of wrap up the run rather than trying to get other folks in there. Of course, we heard last week that Jefferson Mays would be departing, even though no announcement of him departing this show was announced, but he is going to be bringing his one man, A Christmas Carol, to Broadway. So we knew that he would be leaving 
um, uh, Music Man here at some point in the fall. So uh, I imagine the rest of the company will continue with the run until January 1st. They did announce that starting today on Wednesday, September 14th at 9 a.m., tickets for the rest of the run up through January 1st will be available, and you can start to get your tickets then. When the show closes, it will have played 358 regular performances plus 46 previews, uh, a pretty decent run, and made a whole butt-ton of money for those producers. A few minutes ago, I mentioned the fact that we gave away an autographed libretto to A Strange Loop signed by Michael R. Jackson. Well, yesterday it was announced that the creator's latest show, White Girl in Danger, will have its world premiere off-Broadway this spring. It'll be a co-production between the Vineyard Theater and Second Stage Theater. It'll begin performances um, on March 15th. We'll have an official opening through April 10th, and we'll then uh, have an eight-week run through May 21st. It'll play second stages off-Broadway home, the Tony Kaiser Theater. It'll be directed by Tony nominee Liliana Blaine Cruz and choreographed by Raja Feather Kelly. Um, <laughs> I mean, after A Strange Loop, I think anything is going to that is going to come to New York with Michael R. Jackson's name attached is going to be a very tough ticket to get, but this is a, a really, really fun twist on a show. Here's the very short log line here. Um, this show is, quote, a fever dream mashup of classic daytime and primetime soap operas, lifetime movies, and red-hot melodrama. This is a musical. Um, it is... I can only imagine. As somebody, as you all know how much I love soap operas, this is very much in my wheelhouse. So, uh, you, so I'm very interested in seeing uh, what this is like and look forward to... Uh, hearing more about it as it approaches. All right, let's get into the Broadway grosses from last week. There was a significant decline following the Labor Day weekend uh, holiday where uh, we saw tourism increase and there was a bunch of uh, added butts in seats and then, of course, grosses. There were also two shows that exited Broadway after the holiday weekend. So we went from 21 shows on the main stem the previous week down to 19 this week. And that saw a 19% decline in grosses coming in at just under about $5 million less than the previous frame. In total, Broadway grossed $20,638,554. It saw a, an attendance decrease of 9%, 176,777 folks came to see shows on Broadway last week. Um, interestingly enough, perhaps, or not really, um, the by far the biggest show in terms of gross differential increase was Funny Girl. It... <laughs> It grossed an additional nearly $980,000 during Leah Michelle's first week. That kind of underscores how dramatic her being out with COVID uh, is for the box office of that show. But in the previous week, it did just under $660,000. And in last week, it did $1,639,212. It was one of only two shows north of six figures. The only other show to gross more than $100,000 more than the previous week was Come From Away, which saw a $106,000-ish dollar increase. Uh, unfortunately, on the other end of the scale, one show, like Funny Girl, had a huge decline, and that was Into the Woods. After the first week of that new cast, it saw an $823,000 decline, still grossed more than a million dollars. Uh, but it was a substantial dip uh, following the previous frame. Post-holidays, I'll be interested to see what this new cast does in terms of kind of leveling out at the grosses and um, attendance uh 
criteria there, uh, especially since they have announced that this has extended through January 8th. be interesting to see kind of what settles in there with this new casted into the woods. Of course, normally we would expect the Music Man to be the leader at the box office, but last week it wasn't because this was another one of those holiday weeks that they had worked into the calendar where they were not going to be performing. That also, of course, accounts for a significant dip in the overall grosses, but that means that Hamilton was the number one grossing show on Broadway at $1,884,105. That also saw a $222,000 decline over the previous week, so lots of big dips for the biggest grossing shows that probably capitalized on the holiday weekend. Uh, that was followed by MJ at 1.7 million, Funny Girl, the aforementioned Funny Girl, 1.64, Lion King at 1.58, and Wicked at 1.36. The rest of the shows north of $1 million in sequential order are Moulin Rouge, Cursed Child, Aladdin, Dear Evan Hansen, Into the Woods, and Six. Book of Mormon, as it often is, was just on the outside looking in. Um, Kite Runner was the lowest grossing show on Broadway, as it pretty much has been since it came to the main stem, but it actually saw about a 46 $6,000 increase to bring it up to $340,779. It was then followed by A Strange Loop, Chicago, Hades Town, and Come From Away as the bottom five in that list. Overall, there was only uh, two shows that saw a capacity of north of 100%. The biggest one was MJ at 100.36%. And next was Dear Evan Hansen at 100.1%. And we've talked about this before. Dear Evan Hansen was essentially pushed out by the Schubert so that they could have the Music Box Theater. And even though the grosses haven't been great, they are still getting people in seats. It's grossing over a million dollars. This is a show that has long since recouped. Obviously, having a star like Gatton Matarazzo in the show certainly helps. But it's it's interesting that if they had had the opportunity to maybe do a little star casting with this show beforehand, uh, maybe play with kind of the dy dynamic pricing of the show, if they'd have been able to keep this run going longer than what the Schubert's had wanted as they are going to start moving other shows in and out of the done with not only that, but come from away, which also capacity was at 98.58%. So while they aren't necessarily bringing in the top ticket values that they used to, they are still packing people in, which normally is enough to keep shows that have recouped and long since recouped and have good name recognition running. Not the case here with kind of the glut of shows that built up over the pandemic. Uh, and they want to get shows in and out of the houses as quickly as humanly possible. All right, let's move on to some other news. And uh, the first one is something that if you've kind of been reading the tea leaves, this shouldn't be a surprise to anybody. Um, but yesterday, or actually on, on Monday, uh, Kate Rockwell announced that she was stepping away from the out-of-town tryout of the Gridswalds Broadway Vacation, which is having its current tryout at the Fifth Avenue Theater beginning performances yesterday, Tuesday the 13th. Kate, as we've talked about before, uh, is pregnant. She's having a baby next month. So this was always part of the plan, and she talked about it at decent length in, a, in an Instagram post. She will be replaced by Megan Ranking, who is taking over the role of Ellen Griswold. She has been previously uh, slated to be the alternate. Uh, as Kate said in her Instagram post, this, this group has kind of become a family and she's had Ellen by her side this entire time, kind of learning with her and working with her to develop this show. Kate says she will be back when the show has whatever its next incarnation is after she goes through whatever maternity leave uh, that she has. Maternity leave is a, a little different when 
when you're kind of a gig worker and a freelance worker, but Broadway Vacation does plan on coming to Broadway. So uh, it, from all indications, it would seem like Kate is slated to return to that role when and if that actually does happen. So congratulations to Kate on um, her forthcoming child. And congratulations to Megan having this opportunity to star alongside Hunt and Hunter Foster when the show begins performances on the 13th and then runs through the 2nd of October. Sticking a little closer to home, New York City's Off-Broadway Week will return for its fall version for the first time since 2019. This is the 13th year that they have done some sort of Off-Broadway Week. It is running from September 26th through October 9th. There is a slew of shows that are participating. How this works is you can get two tickets for the price of one if you go to nycgo.com slash Off-Broadway Week. Some of the highlights from the shows include American Televisions, uh, High Prov, Kinky Boots, Los Otros, of course, Perfect Crime, uh, Peerless, The Play That Goes Wrong, Titanic, oh my god, of course, Waitlist at the WP Theater, some really great stuff. We will have a link where you can get all of that information in the show notes, but um, great time when the tourists aren't around for people who are in and around New York to have an opportunity to see things with a friend um, a little cheaper than they normally would be able to. Sticking off Broadway, um, my old employer, Broadway World, has open nominations for their annual Off-Broadway Awards. And if I will, of course, I will always say that you should go and nominate your favorite things. And then when the nominations are closed, vote for your favorite things. But if you are so inclined, if you wanted to go over to the Off-Off-Broadway category and you could find Best Solo Performance Non-Cabaret, I would think a certain show that would deserve nominations would be Grace Aki's uh, To Free a Mockingbird. I saw it. It was great. Whether you saw it in New York or maybe you saw the streaming version, I'm sure you thought it was great as well. I think you should nominate it. And then once nominations come in, assuming that she as deservedly so is a part of that, you should vote for it as well. That's just my thinking. I'm not saying you have to, but I feel like if you are listening to this, you kind of have to. Just do it. Anyway, um, all right, let's wrap up the show with a feel-good recommendation. Last week, Ashley and I discussed the fact that Kelly Clarkson told Variety that she would like to come to Broadway at some point, and I immediately jumped up and down and said, yes, 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 please, please, please take my money. I will do whatever you want to come to Broadway. On Tuesday, during her Kellyoke segment where she sings a song for every episode, Kelly Clarkson sang Losing My Mind from Follies. The sun comes up, I think about you. The coffee cup, I think about you. I want you so, it's like I'm losing my mind. Absolutely breathtaking, as always. It was a nice acoustic version. Kelly Clarkson is absolutely perfect in every way. I love her. I would love to see her come to Broadway. I wouldn't mind seeing her come in a Follies revival either. She might not be necessarily the right age for a Follies revival. She might be splitting the difference between the two time periods in uh, the main character's lives. But man, she is fantastic. And I would love to see her come do something sometime soon. All right, everybody, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Have a wonderful hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. Not going left, not going right. I dim the lights, and I think about you. Spend sleepless nights to think about you. 
you 